You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, October 7th. As always, my name is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javabano, which is J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined, send me your comments, your thoughts, maybe your questions. If I'm doing a mailbag, I'll be doing those, one of those probably pretty soon. You know, just send me on the, either of those two accounts. You can DM me. My DMs are open. Same thing for the Lockdown Padres account. Or you can hit me up on the Gmail, which is LockdownPodres at gmail.com if you have any more maybe in-depth questions you might have. So be sure to do that, guys. And today's episode, we are recapping last night's very disappointing, very unfortunate, and in a lot of ways, very tragic Game 1 loss to the LA Dodgers in this uh, NLDS series that we are part of. I'm going to be talking about that, giving my thoughts, giving a little bit of a recap, and then talking about two very important uh, maybe not two, maybe maybe several, I don't know, just just other observations that have to do with kind of the, the construction of the team and the roster, and of course the biggest news of last night, which is Mike Clevin, just so we're talking about that for sure, but let's just start off with it, guys. Look, it was a bad game, and it was a game that we were heading into it expecting a good amount. Because, as everybody was aware of, earlier that day, it was confirmed that Mike Clevenger would return to start for the Padres for this game one, and he did. But obviously, here's the issue. Mike Clevenger's final stat line, one inning, zero hits, zero runs, three walks, and one K. Yeah, what the heck is missing there? Only one inning, right? Clevenger really looked like he labored yesterday, and obviously, as everybody knows, he got hurt. It looks like he re-aggravated the injury, and it's not great to see. And one of the things I want to talk about is I feel like a lot of people, they're, they're having their takes, such as, did they force him back too soon? Did they force Mike Clevenger back too soon? Let's just jump right into kind of the biggest topic. I feel like just jumping right into it, right? And that's about Mike Clevenger. I don't want to assume that because although the Padres, let's not make a mistake, this isn't the, the best run historically franchise in the world, I do feel like they wouldn't necessarily go out there and trot out Mike Clevenger, who is somebody somebody that you just traded for, by the way, and you still have some club control for, um, and you want to like take advantage of that before you potentially have him go to free agency and maybe have to pay him or what have you, and for you to use him when he's not exactly ready. Well, it looks like he wasn't ready. There were moments, and I, I believe it was it was in the second inning, he threw like a 91-mile-an-hour fastball, which is like five miles an hour off. His velocity is way down from his usual like 95, 96 range, and he just looked like he labored. And after the game, he had like this really sad kind of quote where he was basically like, he said the discomfort in his arm feels like bones are hitting in the back of my elbow. That was the quote from him yesterday, and... I mean, what the heck, man? So I don't know what's going to happen. We haven't heard exactly what, uh, how, how serious the injury is. I know everyone, when they hear elbow, they hear, they hear bone chips. And anything, especially with the elbow, they think Tommy John surgery. They think all these things. I don't want to be alarmist. I don't want to go in that direction. But I think it's safe to say he's probably done. Um, and he's probably getting shut down for the postseason because when you start using lines like that, that it feels like bones are chipping in your elbow, that's when you know that uh, you know it's it's time to be shut down, and it's unfortunate. You know, it's 
it's really, I guess we should have maybe expected something like this. Not necessarily to this degree, but I guess that we maybe we were getting a little bit too optimistic. Because after all, they did say originally that he might not even pitch in the postseason, and for him to come back, it does make you wonder, like, oh, did they just get excited? You know, we're, we're on the NLDS, and we're playing against the Dodgers. We really need to not have another bullpen game, which we ended up having anyway, of course. But it makes you wonder. It makes you speculate. So basically, you know, not to sound hyperbolic or everything, but, you know, basically what happened last night was the absolute worst case scenario, right? With Clevenger, not just not, do, it's not that he didn't do well, right? I would have taken that. No, it's that he's got these bone chip illness. He's got all this stuff in. If you guys look up some of the stories that I was looking at and some of the reactions, some of the post-game video conferences and all that, you know, kind of uh, Clevenger's reaction to the whole thing, it's, it's heartbreaking. It really is. The guy clearly was just this dude who was so amped to be a Padre, so amped to do well for this team and he kind of did in his few starts with the Padres and for this injury to happen right now I mean it's just unbelievable I mean and uh just just shout out to Brady Lim who's been on the podcast before he kind of echoed the statement that I've been saying for a while which he was basically just like look this is basically you know when you look at Lamette and, and Clevenger especially Lamette right uh that he basically had the best single season for a Padres starting pitcher since Jake Peavy back in 06 right and the fact that he gets hurt just in the last series of the year it's just unreal you know what I mean so it's just it's really bad luck it's potentially poor managing by the Padres to bring out Clevenger when he so quickly was pulled from the game with that arm that elbow to be uh, still a mess it's really unfortunate to see and then they had to use the bullpen for the rest of the game and don't get me wrong the bullpen in all honesty I thought it was still good all things considered you know Pierce Johnson still being as underrated as ever he goes uh, one and a third scoreless and Ryan Weathers makes his debut that's the big thing that we also have to talk about too and I'll give my other thoughts on that but the primary thoughts are you know he looked fine was hitting 96 on the on the on the radar gun which was nice to see and it's incredible because he He's never pitched above a ball and that like, you know, last night he made his major league debut and gave one of the NLDS and it's the only, only the second time that a pitcher has made their major league debut in the postseason. How crazy is that? So it's really just this, this kind of mishmash of madness, right? And, you know, he goes, he, he's fine in the game and then Ryan Weathers and then Austin Adams goes in, he gets just one out. And then Tim Hill comes in while looking as erratic and crazy as ever. He manages to get get through uh, two outs, you know, um, unscathed. And then the kind of the stuff falls apart. And look, I'm not going to rip Garrett Richards. It was a little bit annoying considering that I feel like he's one of those guys that the Pirates have kind of coddled a lot this year. That they've just taken him out at like 50 pitches, putting more strain on the bullpen during the regular season and all this. And now he's just in the bullpen. It's just, just very odd to me. And, you know, he goes, he only gets two outs and he gives up a hit and two runs uh, while walking two which wasn't great but part of that was also because Matt Strom had one of his more disastrous outings of the season uh, only getting one out giving up three hits and two runs that was kind of when they just came up all on top of us Craig Stammen and Luis Patino are the only other guys that pitched for the rest of the game but you know I don't want to hate because this is the pot this is the Dodgers it is so hard to beat the Dodgers when you're relying on your bullpen so really I don't care if Matt Strom it doesn't matter what matters is that honestly what I was thinking the whole game is Padres offense really, you know, um, pooped in the bed last night. You know what I mean? They were really terrible last night. And I tweeted about Trent Grisham, who he only got his first hit last night in terms of the playoffs. And it was a double uh, in, in, the, in the bottom of the eighth, I believe, or the top of the eighth, I'm sorry, and with nobody on. You know what I'm saying? He once again struck out with the bases loaded. I believe that's the third time he has struck out with the bases loaded this postseason. And like I said, that was only his first hit. Grisham has not been good, and honestly, he probably should be moved down in the order if we're being perfectly honest. 
if we're being, you know, perfectly fair, Jake Cronenworth should probably be moving up. I still think in the long term, Grisham makes. Uh, I still, I still kind of believe that he may be a better leadoff hitter, but still, uh, Cronenworth has been showing that he's the type of guy that can get you those singles and doubles when you need them. And hey, he may even get a walk every now and then, even if he doesn't have the same plate discipline as uh, Trent Grisham does necessarily, especially with his good eye at the plate. Bottom line is he hasn't come up. And another thing. You know, and this isn't intended to be a shot at either player, don't get me wrong, but Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer, they're combined four for 34 this postseason uh, after they both, you know, following their both uh, hitless in their four at-bats last night, which is terrible. I know Machado, he had one hit that was kind of stolen from him in the Cardinals series, and I know that we kind of, I feel like we forget, Hosmer has been very, uh, you know, unremarkable in a lot of ways, and we'll get to another thing that happened with him in a second, you know. But Machado, I feel like, hey, he just had that incredible at-bat, which is one of my favorite moments of the postseason so far, jawing at the pitcher, not jawing at the pitcher, but just kind of, you know, being a little cocky and then sending one into left field, you know what I mean, on that pitch. So I think that that kind of has, has masked the fact that he has not been very productive this postseason at all. You know, in the totality of last night's game, singles by Tatis, Nola, the R, the the RBI, by the way, by um, Austin Nola, who has three RBIs in the postseason, I believe, so far, except that uh, they were sacrifice flies, uh, and this one was finally a regular hit. So good for Austin Nola. I saw that some people were starting to get annoyed that he was like the least product, most uh, unproductive player that we had, but still, there we go. And um, the double by Grisham, those are the only Padres' only hits, which tied for the fewest among the franchise's 38 all-time postseason games. Another thing of last night to note, uh, the Padres had three stolen bases by Tatis, Tommy Pham, and Will Myers, which set a franchise record for a postseason game uh, for them, which is really cool. A nice little, I guess, silver lining, I guess. I love the aggressiveness that the Padres have on the base paths. And that Will Myers steal basically ended up getting us that one run at the beginning, back when we thought we might be able to blank the Dodgers and win a 1-0 game. Remember we were all, th- come on. We were all thinking it, weren't we? We were like, hey, we just did it with the Cardinals. Let's blank them again. And it obviously didn't happen. Um, and Tommy Pham secretly, uh, although he looks a little messy with his swing. I don't know about you guys. It just doesn't feel like he's getting quite the same barrel on the ball when he hits it. It feels like he's maybe just adjusting a little bit. After all, he was hurt for so long. It just not doesn't have the same amount of pop. Maybe I'm wrong because he did, I think, almost hit a home run in game one. At least it felt like that anyway. Or no, that was Will Myers. So yeah, Tommy Pham, just a little weird. But bottom line is he's been pretty productive. And before he got injured, he kind of led the Padres in stolen bases. I think he had like five, five or six, actually, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Tommy Pham, a nice, uh, solid player. Maybe he should bat leadoff. Heck, anyone over Grisham at this point, right? And now let's talk about the other big thing that happened. Basically, the momentum completely shifted uh, after the ground ball uh, play in the bottom of the fifth. That error that was charged to Jake Cronenworth uh, throwing. It was a routine ground ball. And bottom line is Cody Bellinger reached, and that allowed uh, Justin Turner to score. And Will Smith moved all the way to third. That was kind of when the momentum completely shifted. That was bad. Now, I do want to say, though, I don't think that was as easy and cut and dry of a throwing error. It was a bad throw because it's just so routine. You can't be getting the ball. It's like he got a little bit too late to the ball. He didn't have the same hustle. Then he realized, well, Cody Bellinger's a little bit fast, so maybe i got to put a little oomph into this. Um, and he did too much, obviously, and went sailing. But Or not sailing, I should say. It just went under. Uh, over by Hosmer and you know I do think Hosmer deserves some blame too and I like I said one of my favorite traditions has always been like broadcasters who don't realize that Eric Hosmer isn't a very good defensive first baseman that was the same with the broadcasters last night where they were like hey you know Hosmer, it's just you don't see him miss that play all that much. And I'm like, I disagree. I think you actually see him miss miss plays. Maybe not of that degree, but uh but he's certainly I just stop looking at the gold gloves guys. 
been saying it for a while, so you stop looking at those gold gloves. He is not a very productive first baseman uh, in terms of his defense this year. Obviously, he got a little bit better offensively. Stop with all the ground balls and added the launch angle, as everybody's written and talked about to death with the launch angle stuff. So I won't bore you to that, but that was really just the key moment in the game. And there is such thing, I believe, in momentum uh, for sure, and that was one of them. The Dodgers just being completely hitless. And even, even in that inning when Justin Turner ends up scoring, it's just walks that ended up getting their uh, first run. So without even getting a hit, they still managed to score. And, you know, it's not like the, the Dodgers' offense had been exploding lately. You know what I mean? They actually had been uh, pretty fine, I guess. They scored four runs in game one against the, the, the Brewers last week, and then they scored three runs in the follow-up game. So it's not like they've been dynamic and exploding offensively. And who ends up getting their first hit, which leads to all the crazy amount of runs? Of course, it's Mookie Betts, who doubles to left. Uh, and I'm gonna have, I have some thoughts on that. But before we get into some thoughts on that and some thoughts on Ryan Weathers and some interesting construction things and what have you, I need to talk to you guys about Postmates. That's right, guys. Postmates, it is just legendary. It is epic. It gives you all the stuff. You know, last night, let me tell you, you know what I wanted? I wanted a whole lot of just alcohol watching that game. You know what I'm saying? I wanted something to take my mind off it. Honestly, not even alcohol. I just wanted food. I needed stress food. And guess what? Postmates, they're the type of people to get that delivered to you. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. How awesome is that, man? It's freaking cool! Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100. Check that out, guys. No, no, no. That, that, don't worry. Nope. Your hearing is fine. I promise you. That is $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, and now, guys, not to, sorry, sorry for ending it a little abruptly before. My bad. I didn't mean to be a little, you know, my bad, guys. You got to get in the breaks every now and then. It's just, it's part of the job, you know? But I was mentioning about how Betts, he gets that double, right? And then Jace Tingler comes in, and I was in the bathroom. I actually tweeted about this, because right after Mookie gets the hit, I run to the bathroom, because, you know, Dirty Secret last night's game, really boring and kind of really long, so I, at some point, had to just get up and go to the bathroom, because I'm really silly. I'm always, like, talking to my mom, because my mom and I love talking and conversing during the games, so I actually end up, like, using commercial time to talk about what I thought of the inning or whatever, just because she's not as familiar with the Padres, and, you know, she's entertained by me explaining and doing my analysis, I guess, in real time and all that, so I rush to the bathroom and then I hear and then I come back and then Jace Tingler is just ejected so I didn't even see what happened at the moment and it was just weird I guess it was some strike calls which was very odd it felt like and actually it didn't even feel like it definitely was it was one of those things just trying to get your team uh, motivated and whatnot and I actually didn't like that I didn't like that because maybe you want to complain because Tatis had a moment earlier on in the game when he struck out. Maybe that's when you pull the whole fake manager thing and try and give your team some some motivation, trying to get your guys riled up. You go, you run out there and just get mad at the manager, but uh, the umpire, I mean. 
But that doesn't happen here. And instead, following the Tingler ejection, what happens? Corey Seager hits a sacrifice fly to left, allowing Chris Taylor to score. Justin Turner gets a single. Max Muncie gets a double, which moves Turner over to third. And then Bellinger reaches on an infield single, which, no fault of the defense, it was just one of those plays, you know, that you couldn't really... It wasn't an obvious play to make, you know, Cronenworth tried to stop it from getting into the outfield, which he did, but it didn't matter. And then Craig Stammen comes in and Max Muncie uh, scores on the wild pitch. Or it's just, ah, man, you know, it was unfortunate. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, Stamen wasn't bad particularly, but still he did throw that wild pitch and line around to score. But like I said, this is not a bullpen blaming game. This is a total, just bad, unfortunate thing. And the Padres really were made to look like as big of an underdog. They, they reminded everybody just how much of a gargantuan effort it's going to take to beat the Dodgers. You know what I mean? Without your starting pitchers, right? It was really just unfortunate. You know, coming off of having all the momentum following the Cardinals series, Slam Diego being back, all of them celebrating the streets and whatnot, and for guys like Hosmer and and Machado to still not be coming through, and Trent Grisham quietly to just be consistently striking out uh, at the top of the order when RBI chances are, are brought up there, which isn't necessarily always the case because it is the top of the order. So for your bottom guys to be contributing and you are not, it's really just sad to see, and it was really just, you know, I joked on the podcast uh, the, just yesterday, if you guys, you guys definitely go listen it was a great conversation with Jeff Snyder who is my mortal enemy obviously for life where I was basically like oh man I hope that my power outage you know that happened in literally in the middle of recording that podcast with him isn't a bad omen or anything like that right well turns out Mike Clevenger he leaves after one inning so maybe it was a bad omen guys but in not just that as an omen I also want to talk about Ryan Weathers not just because all right it was cool that he made his debut and whatnot it's cool that Luis Patino was there but I do and I am wondering this one thing and that's what is going on with Mackenzie Gore? Now, I don't like freaking out about the prospects. Don't get me wrong. Give him as much time as possible. But I am a little bit worried that it's almost like it's one of two things, man. Like, either they're worried and he doesn't actually look that good. Or it's just that they're so cautious. They want to be so careful with him because they really think this guy is their Kershaw. You know what I mean? So, I was just a really surprised to see Ryan Weathers make his debut before um, Mackenzie Gore. You know, for, for that to happen was really just kind of just unexpected, you know what I mean? And honestly, I thought a lot of people, I think a lot of people were expecting Mackenzie Gore to make the roster. There were some real roster decisions, you know, Luis Campizano being on the roster, despite the fact that they really haven't used another catcher in the playoffs at all so far. So it was very, very odd and very troubling to see that he didn't make the roster. Now following the Mike, Mike Clevenger injury and and all that, maybe they're going to bring up Mackenzie Gore because they're going to have to call up some people because this is going to be a, kind of a mess, right? And, you know, here's hoping that the starting pitching is finally good for once, but you can't count on it. And speaking of the starting pitching now, guys, tonight it's been confirmed that Zach Davies will start game two. I guess it was basically between him or Paddock. I doubt that they were going to use do Adrian Morejon. It's the thing, man. You need these guys to go. If Paddock goes, I'm sorry, if Davies goes out tonight and just gets completely destroyed, dismantled, it is going to be awful. In the two games against the Dodgers this year, he's been solid. His first one was August 12th. He went seven innings, gave up two runs on four hits with five Ks, which is solid, like I said, especially against that juggernaut kind of Dodgers lineup. Even though you've got some guys that are struggling, it's still an unbelievably hard lineup to navigate. And then he faced them again September 15th, where he went six innings, gave up eight hits and three runs, having five Ks. Really, the big hit came with that home run. But... You know, it's it's still pretty solid. This isn't like Chris Paddock, who got absolutely torched by the Dodgers. That was the first bad start he had of the season, and kind of signs of what uh, season he had, uh, up, um, you know, upcoming. I guess you could say. So 
you know, and here's my other thing, and I've mentioned this before. I always, I've been fearing where it's like, you know, a shortened season, not as much, but is it possible that they just get used to uh, what Zach Davies does? Do they get used to that sinker? Do they get used to that changeup? Do they just realize he loves throwing low and away from the plate, and he loves just messing with you and throwing these pitches that are just going to lead to ground balls and hopefully a strikeout, but mostly just ground balls. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that tonight. But the biggest thing is we need a guy to give up and go innings. You know what I'm saying? Even if he goes six and gives up five, and it's like sprinkled throughout. You know what I mean? He gave up like one run an inning or maybe two. Bottom line is he needs to go the distance. He needs to do what he did against the Astros back on August 22nd when he went eight innings and gave up only two runs on four hits with seven Ks, arguably his best start of the season, especially when the bullpen needed it. So hopefully history will repeat itself in that sense. Hopefully everyone knows the lights are on, the starting pitchers to stand up and really contribute and kind of uh, give the bullpen a break. We cannot be affording to use more of the bullpen in a series where we don't even have Denelson Lamette. That was confirmed. We're not going to have him for this series. And then you know, with with Mike Clevenger going down, who was probably expected to be a guy that was going to start for us twice. Um, but really, guys, now that I get to the end of it, that's really all my thoughts. Really anxious to see what happens. Really anxious to see if they make any call-ups. See if they call up Mackenzie Gore, which is very weird, like I said. that I mean, just forget the Ryan Weathers. Even Patino debuted before him. Like, both of them did. It's, it's kind of insane how many people have debuted for the— Jorge Mateo, Luis Campizano, all these guys have debuted before Mackenzie Gore, who is supposed to be the top prospect. So we'll see how that pans out. Maybe we'll get more of a thing uh, during game time. We'll have more um, quotes from Jace Tingler or something like that. We'll see what happens. Didn't love him getting ejected. Please do not get ejected tonight, sir. But with all that being said, that is it, guys. Those are all my thoughts. It isn't over. It ain't over till it's over. We've believed in this team for a reason. So let's not freak out. The offense can still explode. Although, I must say, with Clayton Kershaw going tonight, I'm not quite as uh, confident that that will happen. But anyways, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Himalaya, wherever. Just, just, Just go. Just look it up. Go on megaphone. Go on the the lockdown official website. Whatever. Go find go find their podcasts and check out all the other podcasts that are out there too. Go check out Jeff's podcast too. I'll plug his too. Why not? The enemy, the enemy. You know, go go give him some flack and then tag me if you do so on Twitter. Tag me and say that I sent them. I sent my pod, lockdown Padres army if there even is such a thing. Uh, be sure to follow my show though, of course, on Twitter at lo underscore Padres or myself at Javapeno. You can give me some five star reviews on iTunes. That would be super cool. And until next time. Stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.